This podcast is brought to you by Men's Tea Clinic. Men's Tea Clinic is the team I trust with my total wellness optimization, and so should you. Five DFW locations with North Frisco, El Dorado Parkway at Dallas North Tollway now open. Call 972-GO-MEN'S-TEA or visit mensteaclinic.com. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. KNC Masterpiece on 105 through the fam. Reginald Atatula sitting in with Mike Bassick here on the second day of 2023. Happy New Year to you all. And I know, I know somebody texted in earlier and asked, when do you stop saying Happy New Year? So, I mean, if you feel, like, feel like weighing in on that. After today. Really? That's January soon. 1st, January 2nd, January 3rd. We're into it already. <laughs> Get over it. Yeah. You had 48 hours to wish somebody a happy new year. Now, I guess it's a little bit tough. Maybe tomorrow you should because I haven't seen Kevin and Corey. Right. And I am going to irritate the hell out of Kevin Absolutely. tomorrow. And I'm going to say, man, I haven't seen you since in last a year. year. Yeah, yeah, since last year. Absolutely. So just to really tick him off because that upsets him a lot. He really hates and it. And so I just feel like, you know, pushing his buttons. Yeah, shout out to- uh, I this, love him, but I want to push his buttons. Shout out to the guy at the front desk, our guy TJ, Yeah. who uh, when we were leaving on Friday, because it was myself and Hagee hosting- on Friday, TJ said, see you next year. And, yes! And Hagee just gritted yes! his teeth as he was leaving. Them. TJ, I love you even more. <laughs> um, also, as I've just posed random questions to you, the fans listening, you, the Tolos, we appreciate you. Um, the food that you know damn well you shouldn't be eating, but you do anyways. Uh, from the 817 Philly cheesesteaks because I hate Philly. I don't know how that works. Like, is it just because you're eating it at that point? I don't know. Um, 972 cheese sticks. Are you, right. how are, are you a cheese sticks guy? I am. Do you, what do you like? Do you like dipping them in marinara or ranch better? I'll mix. I'll go back and forth. And depending yeah. on the, some cheese sticks are better by themselves. Yeah. But like, yeah, I think I'll, I'll get both of them, whatever's available. I lean ranch in that situation. Really? Okay. Yeah. But I, I do like that. both. I like both dips. Cause ranch has a little bit of a kick of some sort. So. Yeah. I guess so. But I think somebody else was like all sweets, like Mike shout out to the 214 yes. and then another 214 fried chicken. I think, look, you can't go wrong, no. right? When we talk about, we were talking about with Steven, the number one seed, cheeseburger, pizza, I think fried chicken's right there too. Those three are just the the ultimate. You know you shouldn't be eating them that much, but hey, here we are. We're doing that. Um, let's talk more about the Mavericks. Yeah. Because we were we were mentioning the run that they've been on. Six games, um, six game winning streak um, over the last, what was it, since you were, since you were last worked, 21st. Basically. It was when since it started. 21st, yeah. So, They've done that, but they've also played a, a kind of a brand of basketball that's a little different. Christian Wood has started a lot in part because of the lots of um, the lots of injuries yeah. that you've had. And with now this you're team. not down 18 to seven to start the game, which is amazing. That it just took all these injuries for Jason Kidd to go screw it. Let's play our second best offensive weapon to start the game. Yeah, and with that. It really is that offensive aspect because this team has is the second has the second highest offensive rating, and but within that they also have an incredibly high defensive rating. Um, I think they are in the somewhere in the bottom third or maybe about in that middle third actually the lower part of that middle third um, when it comes to defensive rating. Their defensive rating is one sixteen point eight, so their net rating is still a pl- positive. It's plus six. They're still doing well because they're scoring really well. 
but that defense isn't there. Um, however, speaking to the way that Christian Wood has played, cut one if you can, Larry. Um, this is Jason Kidd after the win versus the Spurs on Christian Wood. Yes, he was playing great. Um, you know, being able to play off of Luca, he had some great looks there early that um, we all want him to take. Um, and then he started to get going there um, with the threes. He had 25. I mean, he, he had a really good game. And then defensively for rebounding and, and being able to protect the rim, he's doing that for us at a high rate right now. And we need that. So, um, again, him and Luca are playing well. They got a great connection. They understand where each other, and then they protect each other on the defensive end. So, um, C. Woods playing at a high level for us, and uh, and we need that. Now, with that, okay. he is. He's 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 added some rebounding. Yeah. However, I think me and you <laughs> were talking about this watching that Spurs game, and of course oh the gosh. Spurs aren't a great team. But what they are is young, energetic, athletic. Yeah. You didn't get rebounds at all. I believe watching the game, the great Mark Folliwell said, at one point the Mavericks were losing the rebound battle 29-21. to This was like midway through the third quarter. And from that point on, they were out-rebounded 19-2 to and didn't get a rebound in the fourth quarter until like four minutes and change yep. left. And it was a Tim Hardaway rebound that just bounced to him. If it wouldn't have bounced to him, they probably wouldn't have got that rebound. And so... It's one of these things where Christian Wood is helping with rebounds, but yet the Mavericks are arguably the worst rebounding team in the NBA. I'd have to look at it. I know they're one of the three worst. I don't know where they sit today. And you can look at it different. Total rebounds, your plus minus rebounds, but they are one of the worst rebounding teams in the NBA. Rebounding percentage, they're the fourth worst team okay. in the league. And so when you look at this Maverick team, 21 and 16. Over this stretch, mind you. Yeah. Over this stretch. Yeah. They're the number four seed right now. Obviously, that can change a lot in a week. Uh, we saw that over a 10-day period, the Mavericks went from the 10 seed to the four seed in one week because of how jumbled up it is. So it can go back to the Mavericks are back in a play-in situation at the end of this week. But would you rather, Reggie? Yes. Would you rather, if the Mavericks can trade for one player, would you rather it be more of a defensive big man rebounder or would you rather it be more of a playmaking score to take uh, pressure off of Luka having to do it all offensively? I think I would rather the latter, the playmaking score, okay. and for a couple of reasons. One, I think that's where you're more likely to find a second star. Um, just to make we, we sometimes we can make basketball really simple, and this is one of those ways. Hey, man, two stars, right? Get get two really good players, and I think you're more likely to find that in a playmaking, you know playmaker maybe a guard almost um than you would in just like a big that's capable of doing some of the dirty work and yeah. rebounding and stuff also another reason why i say that is i think this team is kind of set set down into a place where they just need to lean into offense okay that was one of the things that i was thinking all through that time that christian wood was not starting with doesn't that make uh jason kidd like cringe it does and that's they fought against it so hard i think it's one of the reasons why christian wood did not start for such a long time because this team was like we need them to show things on defense to a better extent. And I think that they needed to just come to a place where they're like, look, if you're, if you're not a team that can play high-level defense, which I don't think they are, I can't say definitively that they're not because I did that last year and then, boom, defense showed up. But it doesn't feel like they have that. So if that's not, let's lean on what you work, what you do well and have it be a little bit more efficient, a little bit easier on Luka Doncic, like, uh, Christian, or like uh, Jason Kidd was saying. Yeah. So I think that that also helps. Let's lean in that way instead of getting a single person to be your rebounder because we were talking about in the pre-show. Um, 
you thought Rudy Gay was going to be, or not Rudy Gay, Rudy Gobert was going to be um, that type of... Like he's going to average 20 boards a game in the first and round. And take all the rebounds. And one thing you realize is it's not as easy to just be a one-person rebounding machine when you're playing without other rebounding help. Yeah. And so I don't know that getting that one guy is going to fix those issues. I think it might it might carve a dent in it, but I don't know if that's going to be the effect that you need yeah. overall as a team. Obviously, he's not available. He's helping Memphis to one of the best records in the NBA. How do you think the Mavs would use a Steven Adams? Let's just say the Mavs magically got Steven Adams, who has 61 rebounds in the last three games. He's averaging almost 21 rebounds a game over the last three. Do you think the Mavs would use him 30 minutes a night? Uh, they would bring him off the bench. They would never play him the last five minutes of games. Like, How would they use Steven Adams? I think Steven Adams would play something like 27 minutes to 30 minutes, somewhere in there, because... Steven Adams is a dude that you he's an NBA starter. Yeah. Sets incredible screens and like really creates space. But he's not the dynamic screen and role player. He's not as much of a jump shooter. And this team has really leaned in and I you know kind of made this a a screen and roll and very um you know streamlined towards Lucas game. And he fits kind of, but not entirely into that. Yeah. So, like, I think that he would play because also great defender. Yeah. And Jason Kidd, we know that that's something that he leans towards. So he'll play especially not a great in those switch defensive situations. Defender though, they True. they and that, and what helps him there is Desmond Bain, uh, Dylan Brooks, Jaw to some extent. They work their ass off to fight over picks, or if they go underneath the pick, they're getting underneath as quick as possible. And Adams is helping them get underneath to then not make a switch and. The Mavericks don't really have players that want to work that hard on getting picked, right? They're just like, let me just softly lean into this pick. I will pick up this guy. You pick up that guy. That's why I just, with Steven Adams, you do have to work really hard as guards or wings to make sure he doesn't have to switch on to a Ja Morant or a Luka Doncic or something like that. But I think that that this team would appreciate that if if they're getting, one, obviously the rebounding prowess that he has. Two, like the toughness and physicality that he has. Yeah. I think can be incredibly helpful. Um, and then three, just like, yeah. I, I know that that defensive part is something that this team yeah. longs for. So having yeah. somebody that they know can be in that. I mean, this is basically kind of what they wanted out of JaVale McGee, yeah. except JaVale McGee can rim run. Now my ego is going to take over here because I admitted I was wrong on the Dallas Mavericks when Dorian Finney-Smith got hurt. I thought that this six-game streak would be more of a two-and-four situation. Yeah. And they've won all six. Great. I was wrong. I'll tell you where I was right. All six against that, the Spurs, yes. two times against but the Rockets. I even Rockets, thought they would so lose those some of those okay. games because of lack of depth on the team and lack of defense. I just thought without Dorian Finney-Smith and stuff like that, I was wrong. They're winning these games. And to your point, they are winning them against not the best competition close. and they're very close games. Yeah. I was right about Thomas Bryant. I, I asked about him in the offseason. I forget the guy's name that we would have on from Washington, D.C. Oh, Quentin Mayo. Quentin Mayo. And I would ask him, and he said, I think Thomas Bryant would be a great fit for you. Just to give you an idea, in the last few games for the Lakers on a $2 million contract, 19-17, and 11-8, and 21-10, he's shooting 52% from the three-point land, only shooting like one and a half. He yeah, doesn't but- shoot it much, but when he's shooting wide open because they won't guard him, he is making 50% of them. He just seemed like a guy that the Mavericks decided, this is always a tough situation with general managers. Do you want a little bit of inexperience, but the youth aspect of it? Or do you want an old veteran guy who you think can just kind of get the job done for the 15 minutes that you're kind of asking in JaVale McGee? JaVale McGee was a major mistake. 
uh, three years younger guys that had more potential, but not potential means I haven't done it yet or done it consistently enough to really believe it. They didn't want to go down a Thomas Bryant route. They didn't want to go down some other routes of younger guys that I kind of like to another guy, his name brings up Jalen Smith, who like, I was like, Hey, this guy's starting to show things in Indiana. Now he's not showing them again in Indiana. So that might've been a little bit of a mistake there, but I just wish that the Mavericks would have done something different. I know we're running out of time here, Reggie, but Zach Levine's name is coming up. He can be traded on January 15th, and he's being linked somewhat to the Dallas Mavericks. And that's in part because the Bulls are bad yes. in like a big way, and he seems to have some some friction with the organization. What do you, if the Mavericks go all in on Zach Levine, would you like that, dislike that? Where would you be if the Mavericks said, we're trading our 2025 and 2027 first round pick, and we got to get to 40 million? So we're that means trading- you wouldn't have a first round pick for three of the next four years. Yeah, you wouldn't have twenty. So you'd have twenty four and twenty six. You'd have your first. Oh, round sorry. Picks. No, you. Yeah. Okay. So three in the next. But five you would years, trade rather. those two picks. You would trade. Let's just say Tim Hardaway Jr. and Spencer Dinwiddie to not. I, should, I shouldn't say Dinwiddie. You can't do that. I would say Tim Hardaway Jr. and I guess let's just make it enticing. Uh, Davis Bertans, but you are trading two first round picks, and let's just Ooh, say what's Jay, enticing about that. Let's. Let's just say Hardy, too, yeah. to give him another young guy. Right. So you're trading away contracts you're not crazy about to a contract that is a 40-plus million dollar contract over the next four years. It's the same contract that Luka got. Yeah, and he's, he's I mean, he's a good player. There's questions about if he can be a great player. Defense yeah. is not there. Right. Um, and he's he's a guy who can handle the ball a little bit, can play off ball, but then I think there's also been a little bit of friction there between his style of play and DeMar DeRozan's style of play, and I wonder how that jives. But that being said, that is the closest that you get to a second star, I think, at, at least right now, that I can see. And and I think the, the downside, because a lot of people say, yeah, do it, do it, do it. The downside a little bit of this is, is this. A lot of people are saying the Mavericks are going to let this season play out let the pick go to the New York Knicks, which it will. Now that you're 21-16, you're probably not going to be one of the 10 worst teams in the NBA. It goes to the Knicks. Then after that, you can trade seven first-round picks for a player. And what I mean by that is you do what teams have been doing recently, unless they change the rules. You picks can and trade swaps. Picks and swaps. So every time, every year, you're either giving your pick or you're giving the best of the two picks. So like this year, the Lakers, for example – they have to give the pick to New Orleans. It's like a pick swap. Well, New Orleans has a good record. The Lakers don't. The New Orleans Pelicans are like, good. We get whatever pick is the best pick, ours or yours, we get that pick type of deal. And that happened. Brooklyn has a lot of those right now with all the trades they've made. So a lot of people are like, no, don't do it because you can go get John Moran or you can get Zion Williamson or you can get the Greek freak for the Dallas Mavericks because then you can offer seven first-round picks. But I just... I'm fearful of that route. It's never worked for the Mavericks. The Mavericks have never been able to pull anything off like that. The closest right. we've been able to do is Porzingis, which didn't work out. I, I would do it for Zach Levine and hope that it works out, that those two guys can can do it well. And then it puts Dinwiddie, who's having a good year, it puts him back into the role that he was last year. Yeah, where you, you end up being like a sixth man of the year type guy. And yes. he can be an incredibly high level because he's been very good this year. Yeah. Um, or, I mean, heck, well, I was about to say, you could start all of them and just kind of let that run in that way. Because, I mean, in the ways that you're having to start Tim Hardaway Jr. now, that Tim Hardaway Jr. becomes a six-man type player. But, yeah, I think I think the question fundamentally is, do you want to be a holding pattern team where you're just holding and holding and waiting for the perfect moment? Yeah. Or are you willing to just go ahead and shoot your shot 
and figure out if you if you can make this work for Luca or if you just need to you know then go and figure something else out. And that's a scary proposition, but that's so the one that you know big time teams have to make. You're not a Zach Levine fan, but you're not a Zach Levine hater. Am I reading you correctly? Yeah, like I I I'm very obvious or very uh, open to the problems that he has. But the fact of the matter is, he's he, at least the, of late, he's the best player that I've seen the Mavs be an interesting fit for. And available because a lot of other teams don't want to take on that contract. Yeah. for They don't, just don't feel like he's a max out player. So that's where the Mavs might have an advantage that they might actually win this trade and that other teams aren't that interested in Zach Levine. Which also brings up the concern and the worry, right? If other teams aren't really that excited about Zach Levine... How much do you want to give up for Zach Levine? And he he has had injury issues as well. Like all of those. And you say Levine, not Levine, right? I say Levine, but I don't remember if that's right. Every time I look it up, I'm like, okay, that's. And then I forget over the next week or so. Anyways, it's the KNC Masterpiece on 105.3 The Fan. We appreciate you rocking with us right here um, on January 2nd, 2023. It's been fun to be with you. And I'm so glad that you guys are interacting on the truckwreck.com text line and everywhere else. Um, Coming up next. We'll jump into the lunch rush uh, via the expressway. I don't know how he says that. How does Kevin usually say it? It doesn't matter. Um, let's go around the NFC East and, of course, get into some Mike Likes. It. All of that next on 105 Through the Fan. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. It's the KNC Masterpiece right here on 105.3 The Fan on the second day of 2023. Happy New Year to you all, even though we haven't decided exactly when you stop telling people Happy New Year. For the time being, I'm going to say it. I'm just going Happy New Year. I'm going to air on that side there. Larry, do you have a perspective on when you got to stop saying hey, Merry Happy New Year? Merry Christmas. Yeah, see it. That one I think we're beyond. I think we're Is beyond. Is it because when Christmas. New Year's Eve happens, can you say Merry Christmas on December 30th? Ooh, do you say Merry Christmas after Christmas is already already gone because i feel like new happy new year we keep doing because it is actually still a new year so when i go to my in-laws this year we went on the 23rd to their house and everybody's like merry christmas because it was the christmas day we were celebrating there with them and i was like it's not even christmas eve yet i don't know why we're saying this so that irritated me inside i just didn't say anything to the people um 
Mike, but, I like you because you're very literal in, but, some, uh, in some ways. Though. Yeah, but like on December 27th, if we go to their house on December 27th, then we have to say Merry Christmas on December 27th. It's like it's not Christmas anymore. But anyways, things that sound very Seinfeld <laughs> com- comedic. You like Seinfeld, right? I do like Seinfeld. Okay, yeah. yeah, I think I think that's some of where our uh, our opinions then come together in a similar manner. I think All it's right. the age. Oh, okay. How old are you? Thirty? I'm yet? Thirty now. Yeah, I'm thirty. Yeah, but I I'll mean, Seinfeld was soon. way done. Yeah, it was. But I I went back and watched it. I sure did. <laughs> um, from the nine seven two after a week, the the year apparently isn't new after a week. Okay. So, We've go, you go through so, a f- one fifty second of the year, and it's like, all right, we're come so on. Like when the kids go now. back to school on Wednesday or Thursday, the teachers say Happy New Year. Yeah, that makes sense. Still that makes does sense. make sense. All right, uh, let's go around the NFC East, and I believe yeah. that is, don't think that's how that goes, Gravy. but I'm pretty sure that Biscus. this is a choose your own adventure, isn't that right? Yeah, but I always choose it the same way. Okay, well, let me tell you, I just realized, because I'm not Kevin, and I'm clearly not as good at doing his job as uh, as I am, or as he is, there are no Cowboys at, uh, parts of this. This is all, all right. also like, let... So number two's out. There we go. That's right. So um, where are we starting here? Philadelphia's still in first place, even that, though they're on a two-game losing streak. Look, man, and that's that's. Let's start there because Minshew mania is no Cooper Rush. Absolutely not. Let us begin there. As uh, Gardner Minshew got sacked six times in this game, so the Eagles now have five consecutive games with six plus sacks, which is the longest streak by any team in the Super Bowl era. Which, I mean, look, how does that make you feel about the Philadelphia Eagles? The way that they've played the last two weeks have really seemed to put a crack in yeah. the veneer of the team that people believe that they were starting to become. I think they're very beatable. They do not look like the powerhouse that you thought they were going into that Dallas game. Obviously, they'd won against Chicago, and uh, that Monday morning, we didn't know that Jalen Hurts was hurt, hurt. And then by Monday afternoon, we knew that he was out. Vegas let us know, even though people were lying about it, like the coach. Uh, And we have found out now over these two weeks, that team is not good enough to carry a backup quarterback. Now they got close against the Cowboys, but they still lost. And then they really weren't in the New Orleans game that much. Obviously, they had the bomb to uh, Brown, yeah, which he wasn't Brown. a ball. It was like, I don't know, a 30-yard pass or maybe mm-hmm. less than that. And then he he ran 60-plus yards for the touchdown. But uh, they really didn't do much to make you think that, oh, man, this offense can carry a backup quarterback. The way that, let's face it, the Cowboys did – they they did enough. Yes, their numbers weren't perfect, but they were good. The the they played complimentary football. The coaches kind of came together. Mike being like Mike McCarthy. Yeah, the coaches came together. Uh, Moore and Quinn and McCarthy and said, "How can we win games with him? How can we figure out how to win games with Cooper Rush?" And they put together. Uh, I won't say perfect, but they put together a very good game plan that meshed with how the defense was playing at the time Mm -hmm. versus what they could do well offensively to win four out of five games. And Philadelphia's coaching staff and Philadelphia's players and Philadelphia's quarterback could not figure out in their at least two games for now, maybe a third game, but their two games, they couldn't figure out how to put together a game plan to win a game. Now, in addition to that, what's making it tough for the Eagles, which I'm sure no one around these parts will cry about for them, 
is that defensive end Josh Sweat was carted off the field suffering a neck injury versus the Saints. So he does have movement in all his extremities. So just okay. from like a human perspective, that's good. Yeah. But that's tough. That is another blow to that defensive line that had been really good for yeah. them. They're, so they're beatable. Yeah. Uh they they really need to win this week to get the bye. Now I know the Cowboys are looking at it going, hey, if if the Cowboys don't get the bye, we talked to Steven Jones earlier. They believe Leighton Vanderish. They believe Tyler Biotish. They believe that they will be able to play in wild card week if they are playing in wild card week. But I think right now, Philadelphia has to look at some of their injuries and go, if we were to lose on Sunday, are our guys going to be ready to play wild card week? And I don't know if the answer is yes. I think they really need to win to get that week off. And I'd say number one is for Jalen Hurts. Mm -hmm. I don't think that injury is an injury that you come back two weeks later and you're close to 100%. They really thought that they could win that game against New Orleans. And I, I'll be honest, I did too. I thought they were going to win. Same. And they didn't. And they thought, all right, we win this game. We play Minshew the last week of the season. And we give Jalen Hurts a month to rest that injury. And we really hope that it's close to 100%. But now I think they're looking at it going, hey, you're going to have to play at 75 80%. You can beat all the fat asses, old people that are media in basketball and all the other things that – uh the D coach uh, wants you to be <laughs> all Sirianni. the old media in, but you're going to have to play against NFL players that are going to take shots at you yeah. and, and beat them because it was really weird that Jalen Hurts can beat old fat people in all these things. But uh, what about NFL players? Is he going to be able to play in the NFL? He's like, oh, he heals faster. He didn't heal fast enough, did he? No. He's human. Yeah. It's so. like Rocky Four, one of the greatest Christmas movies of all time. I've decided that's oh, a Christmas movie. Because oh. that is on Christmas Eve. He beats Avon Drago on Christmas Eve. And because of that, and there's Christmas trees in the background when son is watching at home, that's a Christmas movie. So one of the greatest Christmas movies of all time. And when he makes Avon Drago bleed, he's not a machine. He's a man. He bleeds like a man. And right now, Philadelphia bleeds mm. like a D-bag coach that they have. You you almost nailed it. You were so close. All right, um, let's move it along. Uh, you have remaining the New York Giants and the Washington Commandos. Well, New York has now made the playoffs. So three out of the four teams in the NFC East made the playoffs. Who else can say that? Um, None. Yeah, I guess that's fair. Because the AFC East, you know, they faded. Oh, boy, did they. Um, with the, Mike White. the New York Giants as a... As coached by Brian Dable. Dable, um, well, actually, let's start here because Dable got the shower. They what? they won the Super Bowl. They threw the water on them and everything. Oh, did they? Yeah, I it was that. like they won the Super Bowl when they made the playoffs. Look, they haven't done it in quite a bit. Um, this is the Giants scoring thirty points for the first time in forty four games. So that's also something that was incredibly new in their uh, in their win, their thirty eight to ten win against the Colts, and that secured their playoff spot, as you mentioned. Um, in this, before this game happened, we got a report that the Giants are, you know, hoping to work out multi-year deals for Daniel Jones and Saquon Barkley. Okay. And I know that there was a lot of discussion about Daniel Jones because he's a guy who, you know, he's coming up on the end of his rookie deal. You need to figure out if you wanted to keep this guy, you know, as your quarterback. And this game, he kind of showed out a little bit. Maybe to try and uh, grease the wheels on that contract. Uh, Daniel Jones versus the Colts, 90 for 24, 177 yards passing, two touchdowns. Then he rushed for, he had 11 carries, 
for 91 yards and two more touchdowns. And I think this is the point that you point to as uh, the Daniel Jones experiment, why it works with Brian Dable. And maybe, just maybe, you have to consider Brian Dable for coach of the year. Do you agree? Yes, I'll consider him. I think Mike McCarthy deserves more. He went four and one with a backup quarterback and most likely is going to go 13 and four for the season. So I'll homer it up a little bit here and go, hey, if Dable's going to be considered with nine wins right now, if they win next week, which I don't think they will, but they could, and he gets 10 wins, that's great. But the Cowboys are going to go 13 and four. I know they went 12 and five last year, but he had to go five games without his quarterback. And so I think that Mike McCarthy should get more consideration. I don't want to say he should win it, but he should get more consideration. I wanted to look this up because Mm -hmm. power ranking the power rankings last week. Yeah. Daniel Jones was rated as the 14th best quarterback in the NFL. And that's with Jalen Hurts off the board because Gardner Minshew has to be put on. Now, that being said, they had Gardner Minshew ranked way too high at 13 after that Dallas Cowboy game. But it just goes to show Daniel Jones considered approximately the 14th best quarterback in the NFL, right ahead of Jared Goff and Derek Carr last week. Now, you can put him wherever you want to put him, but I think that's about where he belongs, somewhere in that 14 range. All right, man, five years, $200 million is kind of the going rate if you want to get the guy. Now, maybe it'll be a little bit less. Maybe it'll be $35 million. Yeah, I do wonder what the negotiation, because this is the thing is, you might be able to argue that, you know, you're this kind of quarterback and thus we should pay you, yeah. you know, accordingly. But, think, but the market seems to dictate in the yeah. NFL. Like he'll get more than 30, probably less than 40, right? Yeah, I could see that. And so. And that would make me personally uncomfortable, yeah. but they're in a place where they seem to be, they seem to be sold. I think as a Cowboys fan, you have to love this because Daniel Jones is at best a hair above average quarterback a hair above average. He's not going to be better than the top 10 quarterbacks in the NFL. He's just not. He's not ever going to enter that category. And that puts you in a little bit of, can we make the playoffs? Yeah, about once every three years with Daniel Jones, we can make the playoffs. If everything stabilizes, because they one thing that they've done very well is they just run the football and kind of been okay at everything. Yeah. Maybe you might even say mediocre. Or They're just kind of like Phil Sims was playing up Daniel Jones on either the halftime report or a post game report that I was watching. Athletic. And he was just like, Oh, Daniel Jones, he's everything. And I'm like, dude, he's everything to who he's everything. <laughs> like, wait a second. Like comparing them to NFL quarterbacks, Patrick Mahomes, Joe Burrow, Josh Allen, Justin Herbert, Trevor Lawrence, Aaron Rodgers. I know Kirk Cousins had a horrible game. Kirk. Dak Prescott, Justin Fields, that's a weird case. Like, he's got to start throwing the ball better, but he is a good potential. Geno Smith, Tom Brady. I'm just naming the people that they had. Jalen Hurts. He's not going to be better than those guys. And then you're about to add, I know that, you know, I might bring it up here in a minute or two, you're about to add the Ohio State quarterback. You're about to add the Alabama quarterback. I don't know so much about, you know, Will Will Levis. Levis. But, like, you're about to add those two guys that are by far better than him, like, talent-wise and potential-wise than Daniel Jones. So, hey, good luck to the New York Giants. I understand why they're going to do it. They have an average quarterback. But that's all he is, is average. Yeah, it makes me ask the question, because this is something I've talked about. Speaking of Andy Dalton, who, you know, the Saints um, the Saints beat the Eagles, right? And Andy Dalton led the way. And for the longest time when Andy Dalton was in Cincinnati, I viewed him as the, you understand the reference, the Mendoza line right. of quarterbacks. Yeah. And I've been looking since he left, you know, since he left the starting role, um, or at least he's picked some up, but like as a consistent starter, 
What is that new line of like, this is, if you have a quarterback better than this or of this level, you try and keep them. And if you don't have a quarterback or if you have a quarterback lower than that, you get rid of them. Corey usually talks about Derek Carr, but they're in a place where Derek Carr might be moving on. Right. And I was he, like, see, they're releasing him, right? That right. date of release date, they're releasing. It him. seems like it. And, or maybe, I think you actually really need to try and tr- see if you can trade him. But, Gosh, you know, would hey. you, would you, is this too uh, low of a marker for him? Right, no, yeah, I'm not a huge him. fan of Kirk Cousins. Would he be your Andy Dalton? Like, he makes the playoffs. Cousins is such a weird situation. I don't, I don't want him in a playoff game. He's, no. I mean, his pants are going to be dirty as they can be. And it's not because he's getting tackled. It's because he's crapping his pants all over the place <laughs> come playoff time. Oh, man. Kirk is a Jared weird Goff. I think Jared Goff is below that line. Okay. I, I think you he did make a Super Bowl. Yeah. And, and he is putting up good numbers right now. And I understand all those things. And I don't want to be mean to Jared Goff because I think that when he's put in the right situations, he, he steps up to this the This is way too early because it's only his second year. But Mac Jones might be a guy who can kind of get you to 10 wins, but that's all he can do. And I look, we're we're still very deep and early in his rookie uh, contract. I think once you get closer to the back end of that rookie contract, we'll get a little bit more of an insight as to, to a what he is. Okay, all right. Uh, let's know. let's get this last part of around the NFC East in, and then tuck your can... chin, Tua. It ain't that hard. Thirty-one quarterbacks know how to tuck their chin when they're getting tackled. You're the only person who pops their head every time. Do some neck exercises. <laughs> I don't think anybody understands what you mean, and I like it better that way. Uh, the Washington Commandos were eliminated from playoff contention yesterday, and it happened after their game. They played in the, the oh. 12, you know, in the noon window. Yeah. And then, I, oh my God, what game was it that... Um, oh, so I didn't know they were officially eliminated. Yes, the, with the, a game in that 3 p.m. window. I can't remember which one. But I'll remember with this audio clip where Ron Rivera was asked in his you know, post-game availability before that 3 p.m. Game? I think it might have been. Before that 3, I think it actually was. In that 3 p.m. slate, um, Ron Rivera was asked um, about what that situation was. To clarify, you said you would talk about quarterback next week. If you guys are eliminated today by what happens at 4 o'clock, is Sam Howell in consideration? We can be eliminated. Yeah, if the Packers beat the Vikings, oh, then you guys are eliminated. To clarify, you said you would talk about yeah, there quarterback. Yeah, we go. Uh, so, Ron if Rivera seemingly uh, had no idea whatsoever that his team could be eliminated from playoff contention. I didn't realize that either, but it, it makes sense because if Detroit and Green Bay tie – they would all be 8-8-1 eight, eight, and one, and they don't hold the tiebreakers in that situation. Because I was like, wait a second, are they? Because if they go 8-8-1 eight, eight, and one and everybody loses, but the Lions and Packers can't both lose because they're playing each other. So is this the downside to like that perpetual coach speak of, we don't worry about, we just worry about what's ahead of us, we're worried about this next week? Like You kind of need bit. to be worried about everything else, huh? I, I remember a long time ago Jason Witten not knowing all the situations. Like with a week to go or two yeah, weeks Jason to go. Jason Witten is playing. I feel like as the head coach of the organization, you probably need to... Yeah, but don't you think... Yeah, I guess the head coach should know, but don't you think a player should know, like heading into the last <laughs> week, if you win this game, you're the one or two seed, if if they lose... Like, I get... Like, I don't know. I followed all of that stuff. Now, it's a little bit different in baseball, and I know there's more wild card situations now in baseball, um, and you're playing 162, and so it's a little bit more black and white when it comes to the end, where in football... A whole bunch of tiebreakers with only 16 games, now 17 games. But I always just felt like, I want to know. With like two weeks to go, especially in the last week, I want to know all the situations on where we could end up and, and what's going on. 
Um, okay, one more thing from the commanders before we move into Mike Likes. Yeah, it. no problem. Um, they unveiled their mascot. The commandos have a new mascot, and his name is Major Tutty. He is a pig. He is uh he has a pot belly. He has a little bit of a, a beer gut of right. sorts. And he is wearing a white Washington like football team with the double zero major tutty across the back. Red uh Washington like the football situation, except he's not wearing a helmet, he's wearing like a World War II helmet. Okay. But because it's like that, you know, commandos maroon, it just like he's looks like he's wearing a weird hat. And for one, do you like the name Major Tutty for like a pig mascot? No, it doesn't make sense to me. So he's a major because, you know, commanders. Gotcha. Like, I got that. And I guess just Tutty. Who's Tutty? It, like touchdown? <sighs> Tutty sounds like a pig's name, doesn't it, though? Like, it feels like a good name for a pig. Yeah, I don't know. Like, so, tut, I guess, yeah. I mean, I was like, you know, if you're a former president, but we're talking about warriors or, or you know, army, navy, military people. I don't. They're, they're just messed up, man. Does it feel like... All right, so this is something I was talking about yesterday. I feel like it's just an okay mascot, but I feel like we feel like it's worse because it's associated to that organization that stinks. Yeah. I just, I never, I guess the the Commanders is a decent name and I get it and everything. I, I like saying know. Commandos. It's fun. Yeah, and, and so do I. And I tell you what, was this the first time ever we interviewed Stephen Jones and he didn't refer to him as the Redskins? Um, I don't. I don't think I didn't even talk to him about. He did that. say commanders oh, at did one he? point. He's he said learning. playing the commanders. I missed it. I'm and I was like, I it. I noticed it, and I was like, wow. I think that might be the first time ever he's referred to Them the Washington the- team as the commanders. Hey, you know, sometimes you know he didn't say he's a little older. It takes a little time to you know build up that uh build up that difference. Will you say? I want to ask you this question because I don't know your answer on this. Mm-hmm. If you refer to Doug Williams or Joe uh, Theismann, will you say they played for? No, the, I just you'll say just they say played Washington. For Washington. You won't because I mean, look, you know what I'm talking about, and I can say the yeah. Washington football team, and you'll still know. And yeah. the thing about it is, you got rid of that name because it was some level of slur. Yeah, so I'm I'm trying not to use it. That's, That's just good. my personal. Yeah. Uh, opinion on that uh, but you know what it's not time for my personal opinion right. it's time for mike's personal opinions and mike likes it. all right so right now the cotton bowl is being played on television Correct. it's also being played in arlington too if you're at the game oh so it's not, not just on television right it's not just on television okay. it's actually really being played and caleb williams is playing right now and he's playing well there's they're winning seven to zero almost the end of the first quarter and they're about to score another touchdown usc is playing Tulane. i have no clue how Tulane's in this game but i guess they are just, Their best best group of five team. Like they played a really good season this year. Yeah, they're eleven and two. Mm-hmm. They're ranked sixteen. Um, but I have this question that I had in crosstalk. So mm-hmm. if you weren't listening to crosstalk, I asked if you had to take the number one pick right now. Houston Texans have the number one pick. They will have the number one pick. Bryce Young and C.J. Stroud. I do not watch college football much at all. I watch some bowl games. Obviously, this game's on, so I've been watching this Caleb Williams kid play, and, man, he's made some really nice, great passes and looks like he has a cannon for an arm. I ask you this. If you had Caleb Williams also available in this draft, which you can't. Yeah, he's, he's a not, sophomore. He's, not, he's not eligible yet. Bryce Young, C.J. Stroud. And if I threw in Caleb Williams, who would you, if you're the Houston Texans, who would you want to build your franchise around? And why? This is so tough. Because I guess my, you have to take a shot at the guy you're not taking either. Yeah, that's the tough part. Because you're saying I'm taking him because he does this, and this guy I don't believe can do this. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I've i watched Caleb Williams, and he is fascinating. 
I think I'd be inclined to go there, but take him over Young and Stroud. Yeah, the, the Young was the one that I I said that the Texans should take, and it's not because of anything that C.J. Stroud does or doesn't do. I think okay. it's just Bryce Young with a very unique situation for Alabama this year. Yeah, was kind of asked to be the engine of the team in a way that I don't think any Alabama situation has ever been. Okay. However, Caleb Williams, I've just seen him do phenomenal things. Caleb Williams is, it just feels like he's better. Like, uh, we're getting that same text. The 214, he's just better from okay. the 832. Caleb Williams is so much better, it's not even a debate. Okay. And I wish I I wish I had the language to accurately give you the reasons why. Yeah. But I just, I have this visceral feeling that I remember Caleb Williams just I being I wonder better. as this um, draft process continues, I know Brian Broaddus is getting ready for the G-Bag Nation. I wonder if he asked his gang of seven if they could draft Caleb Williams number one, would they take him over Bryce Young and C.J. Stroud right now? Now, I didn't answer the question during crosstalk. I'm going to answer my own oh, question. Oh, I didn't realize that. And I want people to understand this. I do not watch a lot of college football. Mm-hmm. I do not have eight games of watching Bryce Young or eight or nine games of watching C.J. Stroud. I've obviously watched Bryce Young quite a bit, and I've watched C.J. Stroud quite a bit just based off of highlights, based off of Ohio State. Uh, you know, playing Michigan recently. I watched most of that game, uh, and he didn't have the best of games against Michigan. Uh, he did have a great game against Georgia. At least I thought he had a great game. I am yeah. going to go old school here, and I'm not going to make this a clean sweep. I would take the 6'3", 220-pound guy over the six foot 190-pound guy. That's And I could fair. be totally wrong, but I'm looking at right now, when I have the quarterback power rankings uh, up, I believe that Patrick Mahomes is six foot three or six foot four. I would. I know Joe Burrow, Burrow is six foot five. Yeah, Joe Burrow. I know Josh Allen is six foot six. I know Justin Herbert. I believe is six foot five or six foot six. I know Trevor Lawrence is six foot six. Yeah, Mahomes is six two two twenty five. Six two. So he is the smallest guy. When we're looking at the top quarterbacks in the NFL, now I get what Drew Brees did in his career. I get what Russell Wilson did in his career. But when I look at all of these top quarterbacks in the NFL, I believe Aaron Rodgers is 6'2 or 6'3. And I know he's a skinnier guy. But I still run into most of the best quarterbacks in the NFL are usually like 6'3 and above. And so I could be totally wrong and I have no clue who I'd take number one. But my clue right now, watching them play over the last few weeks, I lean towards the potential of C.J. Stroud over the potential of Bryce Young. And I will say this, the person who gets taken second or third might have a better situation. And I say that because right now the third overall pick is the Seattle Seahawks. I don't know if they're sticking with Geno Smith or not. They've said they think they're sticking with Geno Smith. But if you get taken by the Seattle Seahawks and you immediately go into their starting lineup and you get taken by the Houston Texans and you immediately go into their, I say starting lineup, into their quarterback QB1. Right. Don't you think the Seattle guy is going to look much better in year one than the Houston guy? It's quite possible because, I mean, Seattle has already had some young talent that they're starting to build with. And right. both of those teams have some good draft capital coming in. But, yeah, I think you're you're right. Let me ask you this. And also, that's an organization that has been significantly more competent than the Texans. And that is a whole different thing that yeah. we have to talk about because when we talk about quarterback successes, and this is something I think you've also, you've also believed or maybe come around to, is that 
where you land as a quarterback has, plays such a significant role yeah. in, in addition to like how good I, you are individually. I, I thought Doug Peterson said something interesting while I was on vacation and said, look, I want to play Trevor Lawrence in this meaningless game. He didn't call it meaningless, but, yeah, but that was because he had a meaningless first year. He had he didn't say this, but he kind of said he had a horrible coach. He had a horrible organization. And he really didn't get much out of his first year besides, hey, you want to see how dysfunctional an NFL team can be? This might be the most dysfunction in the history of the NFL with, um, uh, what's his name? The Ohio State coach. Finger guy. Oh, Urban. Urban, Urban Meyer. Meyer. Yeah. Your boy Herb. So, like, I, you know, that's where he's like, I want to give him this this game. I'm not afraid of his injuries because I think he's a very strong young man who can get hit. And they they killed, uh, you know, Houston 31 to three is what do you think would be a better situation for a quarterback? If you're a rookie, Seattle or the Colts? Oh, boy. I think Seattle. OK, there's stability at your coaching situation. Again, you True. already have a little bit of a, a foundation. I think the Colts are moving. It feels like they're moving backwards. Like over don't the, the last couple, don't the Colts of, have to do everything to trade to number two? Don't they have to look at right now Chicago and go, "We will give you everything you ask to go to two, so we can have a real quarterback to build around." Because when we built around Peyton Manning and Andrew Luck, even though Andrew Luck quit on us, it really worked out for us. Maybe because this is a thing. We talked about the Colts over the last, what, two or three seasons when they were basically streaming quarterbacks like this was fantasy, right? They were doing this and we said, well, they don't need a lot from the quarterback position because they have all of these right. other things, right? They Those other things have kind of worn uh, away over the last three seasons. Your offensive I'm, line isn't nearly as good as it was in those instances. I'm going to pause you tough. and I want you to turn your eyes. This does not help for radio. I want you to turn your eyes to what Caleb Williams just did. And, and you, Well, I guess they're going no huddle. Here we go. He literally just looked like Patrick Mahomes. I, I, I can't think of another... Uh, quarterback that I've ever seen look like Patrick Mahomes and Caleb Williams just did. So to just watching that play, I will take Caleb Williams now with the first overall pick, even though he's not draft eligible because he looked exactly like a Patrick Mahomes play where he bought time and he's like, I'm not running. Guess what? If I run, I'm going to get five to eight yards. You know what? I'm going to look down the field and make a 40-yard play because I'm that good with my arm, too. And I guess some of the ways in which I was talking about that, uh, you know, Bryce Young has been the single engine where they've been like, yo, you have to do this almost by yourself. Yeah. Um, Caleb Williams has some of that, but of course he has better wide receiving talent. Yeah. Okay, so now um, my next Mike likes it, and this goes into Mike doesn't like it. Oh, there we go. This is where it gets spicy. I don't like Jason Garrett on that Sunday night football thing. (laughs) He is so (laughs) fake to me. I just can't get over. Just be a real person, man. Just be who you are. Why do you have to be so Jason Garrett? You're, Wait, what do you mean? How do you say be who you are, but he's also not, be he's Jason not that. I've heard from multiple people that he's not like this smiley, everything's lemonade guy. Like, just... Oh, all shucks. Just... He just gives I, off a, a big all shucks vibe. I guess he? he desperately wants to be a coach again, and he doesn't want to upset any human being that actually could give him a job in the yeah. NFL or college, so he doesn't want to give any opinions right. at all. But he's not good at that. And that's the thing I hate about like analysis is that you can tell the guys who still want to get back in the game and I'm like, you do me no benefit. You're not yeah. giving me insight. Yeah. I just, I don't, I just, I, I think, um, uh, why am I drawing a blank again? I'm horrible with names. Indianapolis Colts, uh, coach who's on there with Jeff them. Saturday. No, no, oh, no, no. On there. Oh, Tony Dungy. Tony Dungy. 
Tony Dungy is to me authentic and he gives opinions. Now he's he's very nice. Tony Dungy is very nice. He's not very critical, but he's giving opinions. I just feel like when I watch Jason Garrett, I just want to turn it off. Just like stop smiling and being so fake. Just be real. But I get he doesn't want to be real because he desperately wants to be a head coach again in the NFL. And so he has to say everything's great and everything's lollipops and whatever, you know? And it just, it drives me insane watching Jason Garrett. And I will say this, as I'm ending Mike Likes It and watching Caleb Williams. You got a few more minutes if you want to. Caleb Williams is now my new go-to guy off of three, off of that drive and watching him and that. That's all it took? Now that's your guy. See, this is it. This is now. I will say this. You and Sandler have more things to talk about now, though. I'm going to want to watch USC football a lot more next year based off of this two-lane game because I'm seeing spectacular. Mm -hmm. I'm seeing, whoa, 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 whoa. I just watched Bryce Young, and I just watched C.J. Stroud play a couple of games recently, and they didn't do any of those things that I just saw. Now, it doesn't mean that Bryce Young and C.J. Stroud aren't going to be great quarterbacks and quarterbacks you want to lead a franchise, but I'm starting to see things from Caleb Williams where I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. He didn't take off and run, and I know those two other guys will run, which is fine. It's great, and I know Caleb Williams can run, too. I'm watching his athletic ability escaping the pocket. I love guys that want to extend plays with their arm more than just take off and run because I feel like in the NFL, this is what I worry about Josh Allen, as great as Josh Allen is. He's going to have a moment that ends up being a Carson Wentz moment. He's going to have a moment that ends up being a Jalen Hurts moment. Oh, yeah. Oh, or he's going to get hurt. Yeah. He's going to get hurt. Now, will he just keep doing it and be like, I don't care. I'm going to put my body on the line. That's fine. Go ask Cam Newton how that ended up for his career. Because Cam Newton was a big, strong son of a gun. But at 30 years old, his body's like, I can't do this anymore. Yeah, that's. I mean, that's true. I mean, and you got the benefit of it. And I kind of bristled at the idea early on where people were making that comparison to Cam. Yeah. But he really is I, new Cam. Like he and he obviously better at throwing the football because yeah. Cam's mechanics were never good. To, he to was this, just so strong. I don't have a Josh Allen rookie card. Wow. And it's just because I think he's going to have a shorter career. I think that he could have a spectacularly great career until about 31 or 32 and then I think it's going to end and quarterbacks that their court their their careers end at like 31 32 because of injuries or they're not able to be a great quarterback without having to run the ball they don't really end up being historically great quarterbacks they end up being these really fun flashes that we watched but they're not guys we think of all-time greats John Elway figured out how to throw the football a whole bunch of damn times but if he would have just like hey if I can't run I can't be successful then, you know, you end up going into the, I don't know, Randall Cunningham category where, man, that was fun to watch, but it wasn't, it wasn't a long fun to watch. All right. It's the KNC Masterpiece. I almost said a different show, but that's not what we're doing right hey. now. KNC Masterpiece right here on 105 through the fan. Reginald Datatula, Mike Bassick hanging with you on this January 2nd. Larry Flores on the ones and twos. They're showing the play right now where uh he just escapes the pocket and just keeps fading 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 he's like i got that guy open for five yards nope let me throw it 40 yards down the field down to the one yard line screw you guys (laughs) i don't know why they try and write on the screen like words because we never can read it anyways again can't see masterpiece coming up next um is it time to welcome everybody to the year of the frog let's do it next on 105 through the fan t-mobile has invested billions to light up america's largest 5g network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. 
and great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.